This is a recording from a Sunday meeting of the BC Humanist Association in Vancouver. Humanism is a progressive worldview that, without supernaturalism, affirms our ability and responsibility to lead meaningful, ethical lives capable of adding to the greater good of humanity. To learn more about humanism and to support our work, visit bchumanist.ca and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to the BC Humanist Podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our staff or board of directors. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, we're here as Zero Waste Canada. As uh, we were introduced, my name is Paolo. This is Connie. Connie is the Executive Director of Zero Waste Canada. And I'm part of the uh, Zero Waste Canada Vancouver chapter. So we're here to talk to you, obviously, about Zero Waste. And just to give you a brief run-through, uh, we'll open with uh, who Zero Waste Canada actually is, how we operate, uh, what Zero Waste actually is, which is obviously important to understand, uh, and then different ways in which you could get involved um, and hopefully by the end, you will have the desire to become more involved with Zero Waste. Okay, so in terms of uh, who we are, Zero Waste Canada, as was mentioned, is a nonprofit. Uh, we are actually the national affiliate of the Zero Waste International Alliance. And very simply, the Zero Waste International Alliance is the governing body for zero waste on the global stage. So, for example, they were the first to provide the very first peer-reviewed and internationally accepted definition of the term, which is important if you're advocating for something right to be able to articulate what that actually is. Um, but they also oversee the certification of facilities and communities uh, around the world, and they operate through their national affiliates. So in this case, Zero Waste Canada. Across the border, it's Zero Waste USA. In Europe, it's Zero Waste Italy, Zero Waste Scotland, and so on and so forth. Uh, here's a, just a brief introduction as to who we are. Uh, these are some of the board members of Zero Waste Canada. We're not a very large organization, um, but for example, Barb and Buddy are over in Gibsons. Uh, Jamie Kaminsky uh, is over in Port Coquitlam, and they own materials recovery facilities. Uh, Paul Connett is more on the scientific side of our uh, board, advising us, obviously, on, uh, on the scientific aspects of what we're um, advocating for. Yep. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, I'm part of the Vancouver chapter. Paolo, this is Connie. Uh, Leah, as well, is part of our group. Um, and, of course, our volunteers. So we'll speak a bit about this a bit more later, but um, you're welcome also to join Zero Waste Canada and become more involved with our daily operations, and we'll explain a bit more about that in just a moment. So we just wanted to clarify also, um, because we get this question a lot when we present, is how we're actually um, operating, how we're actually supported. So one, it's via zero waste certification. So we essentially certify facilities for zero waste. Um, these are meant to be examples of what zero waste actually means in practice. Uh, so it's similar to an organic certification for the food industry. People see uh, that we have approved of this uh, facility and their operations, and so they know this is actual zero waste facility, and they're not just claiming those benefits. Um, we also receive funding through memberships, so any individual or also business is welcome to join, um, become a member of Zero Waste Canada. That obviously gives us more strength the more people we have um, supporting our cause. And then ultimately through donations as well for those who believe in what we do and who would just like to support uh, through a donation. So um, what you could ask, you know, why is it important that we have Zero Waste Canada? Why is it important that we have a Zero Waste International Alliance or a Zero Waste Movement altogether? And I could speak about that for hours and hours, but ultimately really I think uh, images speak um, really more than anything I could possibly say. Uh, and so this is really why. This is what we're dealing with. Um, these are images which unfortunately are incredibly common all over the world. The one on the right was actually taken by myself uh, not too far from here actually, just a few weeks back. 
Um, and really the point is that there, no, there is no such thing as a waste. So we have this tendency nowadays of uh, saying, I'm going to throw this out, I'm going to throw this away. Um, well, this is unfortunately where uh, a way is. So um, those, I those items you see on the right there, if they don't get actually collected, chances are they'll um, ultimately either via a gutter or a sewage system of some sort end up in our oceans. And as you can see in our oceans, unfortunately, they do not just disappear, uh, particularly when it comes to plastics. What happens is that they will degrade into smaller bits, um, tiny particles of plastics. Fish will ingest them, mistaking them for food. And ultimately, actually, when we eat fish, um, in some cases, we're actually eating our own garbage, unfortunately. Um, so that is, again, unfortunately, the sad reality of how there, again, is no such thing as a way. If we stay on land, uh, those materials you see on the ground there could end up in a couple different places. So if they were actually nicely in that bin, that's a general waste bin. So it could have either ended up at an incineration plant where waste is burned for energy. Uh, and that ultimately uh, results in emissions into the air of substances which, let's just say, you really don't want to be breathing in. Uh, and so in that uh, circumstance, unfortunately, you could say in some cases you are breathing in the own garbage that you're generating. And ultimately, if it ends up in a landfill, uh, the issue there is that um, substances in landfills can either be emitted up into the atmosphere, again, uh, unfortunately causing you to breathe them in, or ultimately could leach into local water supply as well. So the point really is that uh, these items don't ever disappear. There is no such thing as a way. And that is really why we need a Zero Waste Canada or a Zero Waste Movement uh, altogether. And just to give you an idea of the mindset of Zero Waste, those items you see on the image on the right there, um, the average person would see that and probably just see a pile of garbage. When it comes to zero waste, we don't see that. What we see are resources. So I see paper, I see cardboard, I see plastic, I see organic material. Uh, the issue is really just managing those obviously more responsibly than what you see there. So again, just to give you an idea of the local context, for Vancouver alone, um, we're talking about two million plastic shopping bags which end up in Vancouver landfills every single week. Again, this is just in Vancouver. Um, Similarly, 2.6 million paper cups, uh, which you can see an example there on the right, also ending up in Vancouver landfills on a weekly basis. And again, to show how this is really about much more than just um, only an environmental issue, it's also uh, an issue of, obviously, of uh, health, as we mentioned before, and also an economic issue. This is costing the Vancouver taxpayer $2.5 million on average per year. And to step back uh, just briefly into the, local con into the global context once more, uh, this is a map from the Global Footprint Network uh, showing global consumption rates. And as you can see, Canada, unfortunately, ranks as one of the most wasteful nations on the entire planet on a per capita basis. If the over 7.5 billion people on the planet were to consume, like the average Canadian, uh, that would require something to the effect of two to four planets just to be able to sustain that lifestyle, uh, which obviously is something we cannot afford, um, not, not afford to do. On a global basis, we currently are what we call an ecological overshoot, meaning we consume more than what we regenerate. So essentially, it takes our planet about a year and six months to regenerate what we consume in one year alone. So we can see why that obviously would be, would be a major, major challenge. And so the solution really to uh, this, this challenge, I realized that was quite a bleak picture, but unfortunately, that is the reality. Um, the solution is what we call zero waste. Uh, that is the goal we're trying to achieve, and we can already see uh, this goal being pursued locally here in Vancouver. On the one end, on the uh, council and political side of things with the city of Vancouver, which has its Greenest City Action Plan, its action plan to be 
the most sustainable city in the entire world. And zero waste, as you can see, is a core part of that uh, ambition. But perhaps the most exciting examples of zero waste that you can find locally here in Vancouver are on the community side of things, uh, which you can see particularly through initiatives via local businesses. So the image on the right there is from a facility called the Soap Dispensary, which you may have heard of or uh, may have been to even as well. Um, and they've actually recently branched out from dealing only with uh, soap and personal hy hygiene items to actually food as well. So an example is in the image there. You can go and refill your olive oil, your vinegar. You can find uh, anything from pasta and biscuits to yogurt, uh, all in reusable containers. You can bring your own container, um, take the item with you, and come back when you want more. Uh, there's no waste along the entire process. There are other examples as well. Uh, in 2018, uh, Nada is another grocery store which will be opening, which will be following a similar model. Uh, and just to give you an idea to the amount of excitement around these ideas, um, just a couple of weeks back, they had a fundraising initiative for the opening of the store, and they managed to raise something to the effect of $40,000 in just seven days. And this is all coming from individuals, Vancouverites who believe in this idea and who want to support it. And it really shows how we need these options and people want these options locally here in Vancouver. So before we get into what zero waste actually is, we just wanted to clarify what zero waste is not, uh, which is just as important. You probably have heard zero waste as a term being thrown out and used in different scenarios. Um, we would just like to clarify uh, what exactly, again, zero waste means. You've probably heard of the concept of zero waste to landfill in some shape or form, and we would just like to clarify how zero waste to landfill is not synonymous with zero waste. Uh, and the reason very simply being that even if you were to reduce uh, all of the waste that you send to landfill, so say for example this facility we are in today, if you were to send 0% of your discards to landfill, um, that wouldn't be a bad uh, result, but ultimately that still doesn't say anything about the amount of waste that you're still generating. So you could, pr for example, send that all to recycling, but what you're really doing is diverting those materials elsewhere. Uh, with zero waste, we're trying to actually reduce the amount of waste that we're generating in the first place, not just ship it, ship it off somewhere else, if that makes sense. So that is why zero waste landfill is a big no when it comes to zero waste. Another reason uh, for that is because a zero waste to landfill strategy will often open up the door for what we call incineration, so burning waste for energy. Uh, and that can come under different terms. Uh, the one you see in the example here is called integrated solid waste management. Um, I believe Metro Vancouver refers to theirs as uh, integrated solid waste and resource management. But ultimately, the key point is that incineration is, is uh, accepted as a key part of their waste management plan. And that, again, is a big no when it comes to zero waste. Uh, the reasons are fairly simple. Uh, first of all, as we saw just now, we do have, unfortunately, a scarcity of resources globally. And so burning those resources for energy isn't exactly uh, the, smartest, um, the smartest thing to be doing. I think we don't need a, a degree in waste management to, to see that. Um, but there are also other reasons. Um, Health-wise, for example, incinerators actually emit uh, harmful substances in the form of heavy metals, of particulates, uh, and above all, dioxins and furans, which are known carcinogens. And so by burning uh, all of our waste, essentially we're emitting these substances into the air. And we have, a, for example, a facility in Burnaby, which is an incinerator. And it is just not, um, ultimately not healthy to be breathing those substances in. Um, other reasons why incinerators are a big no are for the very simple reason that they still generate waste. So when you're burning, imagine you're burning 
uh, waste in a massive facility. Uh, at the end of the process, you will still have what we call bottom ash, uh, just like in a fireplace, right? You you know you burn wood, and ultimately, at the end, you're left with ash. Um, incinerators do the same thing, and still that has to get sent off to landfill. So it's a facility that still generates waste. So it's hard to see how that is really the solution in terms of zero waste. And on top of that, it is toxic ash, and so it's really um, becomes more of a liability than anything else. Uh, in addition to that, as if that wasn't enough, uh, incinerators actually need garbage in order to function. So long term, these are major capital investments to build a facility like this, and ultimately it needs waste in order to keep going. Um, in order for also those who paid for the facility to make their money back, they need waste long term. And so again, it's hard to see how a facility that requires waste in the long term can be the solution in terms of zero waste. And finally, as if that wasn't enough, for the very same reason, um, it's, there's really evidence around the world of how incinerators are really um, having a negative impact on recycling rates for the very same reason that we just discussed. So they need waste, and so there's evidence of them actually subtracting materials away from recycling in order for them to be incinerated. And obviously that is another big reason why we do not really uh, want incinerators in the mix whatsoever. And so as a result, uh, a zero waste policy follows what we call a no bury policy, that is the landfill over in Delta, and a no burn policy, that is the incinerator over in Burnaby, and for, for the reasons we just, um, we just discussed. So now that we've clarified what zero waste is not, we just wanted to go into what zero waste actually is, which is obviously the fun part. Um, zero waste ultimately is about replicating natural cycles of resource use and material use. Uh, in, in nature, there is no such thing as waste. Uh, and when it comes to zero waste, we are talking about reusing and recycling those materials within the same system. There is no such thing as waste. And ultimately, the reason for this is that waste is a verb, not a noun. That's kind of our motto, what we like to say. Um, you know, the term waste, think of it itself. Uh, it is a verb, uh, although most people tend to think of it as something which is a given, which is inevitable. Uh, well, that's actually not the case. Whether you're a facility or an individual, ultimately you every day have the power to decide what you bring into your facility or what you bring into your home, into your lifestyle, um, and what you decide to buy into or opt into on a daily basis. And you might say that's, you know, that's easy to say, that's a nice motto, but ultimately, how do you actually achieve that? Well, this is the zero waste hierarchy, which is the governing logic for zero waste. So this is the logic that any zero waste strategy needs to follow. And the objective here is to keep materials as further up the hierarchy as we possibly can. So what you see on the bottom there in the unacceptable section would be landfilling or incineration, as we just discussed. And again, the objective is to push materials as further up as we possibly can. Uh, an important thing to note uh, in this uh, hierarchy here is that recycling is right down in the middle. So it's actually not the objective of zero waste to just say, oh, okay, let's recycle everything we possibly can. Uh, that is really the bare minimum which we could be doing. Uh, the objective is to move further towards reuse and ultimately towards reduction. That is the real objective of a zero waste strategy. And that is why at the very top, in bright red, there's the word rethink. And that really is the first step, to rethink the way we utilize resources, to rethink the way we uh, really go about our daily operations, whether you're a facility or whether you're an individual. That is really the key first step. And so this goes into what all of you can do as individuals. There are different ways in which you can, I know we were just speaking actually earlier about how a lot of people say, well, it's, you know, it's ultimately up to companies to really change the way they make products and uh, distribute those products, which certainly is an aspect of it. 
we do need greater industrial responsibility on, on, on one end, uh, but we still also could do a lot more in terms of our community efforts as well at the other end, and really having these two merge together. And ultimately, there are different ways in which we can really cast our vote. That's what this is about, um, by either reviewing companies who we think are particularly wasteful or who are feeding into the disposable culture that is unfortunately commonplace nowadays, um, or we could also, again, rate companies based on their positive attributes and those who are actually contributing um, to a zero-waste society, as some of the examples we showed earlier demonstrate. Um, it is really about casting your vote. Uh, we often say, you know, well, I'm just one person. What could I possibly do? Well, uh, just like when you, you know, go voting in terms of, uh, you know, your political vote, uh, every vote counts. And ultimately, especially when you're talking about companies, they listen to their customers. Uh, they do have to follow a bottom line. They do want to ultimately make money. And if you make the point to them that uh, you will take your business elsewhere for these specific reasons, well, um, rest assured they will start noticing that. And ultimately is about you, again, on a daily basis and what you can change with an individual lifestyle. It probably, nowadays, we can agree that you would need to be uh, somewhat of an outlier to uh, be pushing for zero waste. Um, but that is a positive thing. I, myself, for example, when I go buy bread, I bring my own bag and I ask them if I can use my own bag. If they say no, well, then I'll say, all right, I'll go to some place that will actually allow me to do that. And I found two or three places that will let me do that. And now I've let them know that I'll be shopping there instead of there because I'm allowed to opt for the zero waste option, essentially. And ultimately, it is a question of leading by example. Um, a great story I like to tell when it comes to this is uh, one that I've actually seen in person. So I'm actually originally from Europe, from Italy. And um, there's a great story there of a local school teacher where they basic basically um, the council wanted to build an incinerator right next to the school. So for the reasons we discussed earlier, obviously that was of great concern to the teachers there. And one particular teacher decided to fight this in particular incinerator. Uh, he gathered all the parents and local community organizations and associations uh, to support him. And ultimately, it was a long struggle. But 12 years later, the incinerator still hadn't been built. And ultimately, they decided to cancel the plan altogether. And the council, therefore, went to this teacher and asked, all right, well, what do you propose to do then in terms of our uh, waste management process? And ultimately, the response was, we're going to implement a zero waste policy. He got a few um, you know, other helpers on his way. Uh, Paul Connett, for example, was one we mentioned earlier is on the board on the scientific side of things. And ultimately, they proposed a zero waste strategy. Uh, long story short, this small uh, community in Tuscany actually became the first European council to adhere to a zero waste policy. Uh, this particular professor uh, ultimately became the president of Zero Waste Europe. He was received at the White House by Barack Obama and received an award for his efforts. Um, all because he actually uh, took the initiative himself with a small group of supporters, uh, really defending what their values were and proposing a solution, which is zero waste. And that is probably the most exciting aspect of zero waste. It's not just saying no to this or that. It's actually proposing a solution, a solution which works, which there, there's evidence of around the world and evidence of even in terms of businesses and facilities as we uh, discussed earlier. And so, again, really, it is about leading by example. It is about um, supporting your values on a daily basis with the daily decisions as well. And to talk to others. Zero waste is about the community aspect as much as anything else. We're not just talking about an environmental issue. As you mentioned earlier, it's an economic issue. It's a health issue. And it's about really the relationships you can develop via zero waste strategy. We're talking about reusing items, sharing items, as opposed to just buying and over-consuming and accumulating items within our homes, which we 
might not necessarily need. And so we wanted to invite you back to, um, again, just to reiterate how Zero Waste Canada goes forth. We go forth via certification, via memberships, and via donations. So if you want to join, please do. Hopefully, uh, you've become more interested in zero waste as a result of this. If you have any questions, feel free to ask us. We're happy to share any insights or um, any answer any questions you may have. And if you want, you can uh, sign up, and uh, Connie can probably talk to you a bit more about that uh, at the end. And the point is, once again, zero waste is the journey more than destination. So some people focus on, well, you know, zero. That's a, that's a pretty ambitious target, and we can't really achieve that. Uh, it's, it's, first of all, as we saw, uh, waste is a verb, not a noun, so it is achievable. Um, but it's more than that. It's really the process of getting you there. You'd realize once you start embracing zero waste, how many doors open and how many opportunities open by really changing your mindset in terms of how we utilize resources and how we relate to others and how we utilize resources as well. So again, we invite you to join us, and if you have any questions, we're here to answer them. Thank you. <laughs>